This is a HeadGum Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature-regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not, like, getting too hot or too cold or whatever. You know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind, miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But More than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful, and it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code FAKETHENATION at the checkout, and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today. You'll get 40% off. Use the promo code FAKETHENATION. Go to trymiracle.com slash FAKETHENATION. And Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fakethenation and use the code fakethenation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fakethenation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 306. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we just couldn't make enough sense of the Amber Heard story to talk about it. It is a blind spot in my news consumption, and yet it has been in the news every single day for the past several weeks. I don't know, Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, what is going on? I just can't follow it. I'm so sorry. I feel like I'm revealing a vulnerability in my uh, news consumption. Today, we're not going to talk about them. Instead, we're going to talk about a few primaries around the country, and we'll also look into another, yet another, social media app that you should probably avoid, but we'll figure that out. Uh, Today, oh my gosh, I am so excited by today's panel. Um, From the world's greatest con... Uh, the the amazing podcast going into season three. It's two, you've got two seasons of amazing cons. You have uh, the wonderful host Brian Brushwood. Hey, yes, Brian. Yes, and finally we can talk about like this nightmare of a political scenario and get 
the magician's perspective. That's, that's, exa- what that's wants. exactly. That's um, exactly. Which is also what Brian is known for is his magicianry. Is that a proper term? Uh, I like wizardry, but I'll take magician. Magician. <laughs> um, and also joining us. Um, oh my gosh, uh, I I have worked with this guy before. He, you know him probably from his YouTube sensation, um, the Autotune the News series. Um, but he also has a podcast that I have been on that is immensely fun called Punch Up the Jam. It is the one and only Evan Gregory. Hey, Evan. Huzzah! Thank you so much for having me. What a delight. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, you guys, uh, let's – well, here's what's going to happen. Unfortunately, um, a really just uh, traumatically awful thing um, has happened. So, we're going to get into um, unofficial topic number one, uh, which is um, – I have to be honest. There was um, – I'm so sorry. Um, another mass shooting um, of of children. I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. Um, Nagin, you don't have to apologize. I, I, I just want to offer you my sympathy as I know you're a mother of a young child. I'm a dad also of three kids, both all, all three of which have been born since the massacre at Sandy Hook. And the experience of watching this news unfold yesterday, even after your producer sent us four completely different topics to discuss today. And then, of course, this news breaks and it's completely centered in our minds. You can't think about anything else. To experience this news as a young parent in contrast to how I heard the horrible news from Newtown some years ago is completely different you're paralyzed. You can't think about anything else. I'm crying into my cereal this morning thinking about dropping my kids off at their elementary school. My wife asked me, should we take our kids to school today? Should we do it? Could something happen? And of course, ultimately, the answer had to be yes, because it's really no more likely to happen at our yeah. Brooklyn public school today than it was yesterday. But these are the thoughts that cross your mind. Yep. Our kids are just starting to ask questions. They're five and seven. They're starting to ask questions about 9-11, for example. How could how could this happen? And now they have to go to school, hear about this from their teachers and their and their classmates and with us, and have conversations that that are are unfathomable. And as as parents, we're we're sitting here completely impotent. What what can we do to protect them when our elected leaders can't do anything to protect them either? Well, and uh, they say that uh, once you have a child, you live with your heart on the outside from then on. And it, it, it really is truly, I mean, it's scary enough um, to, to, to be away from your kids uh, and powerless to do anything about it. And to hear uh, terrible stories like these uh, only makes it scarier. And I have to say, we talked about the shooting from last weekend um, in Buffalo. We, we talked about that on the last episode. Um, and... We've talked about shootings on this show many times. And to be perfectly honest with you, have not been able to actually read any of the articles and the coverage. I just can't, um, I haven't been able to do it. So again, sorry, guys. I, I mean, I no, am... it's it's exactly as fresh and as painful as you would imagine. I mean, this is a small community up the road. I live in Austin uh, and uh, they, they, they're they shook and, and they should be. And um there's always this sense of like, oh, it can't happen here. And turns out uh, it's not great to find out that it can. Nagin, I know you're hosting a current events show, <laughs> but I, I, wa- I want to uh-huh. absolve you of this responsibility to read 
the macabre tales of of sadness from this story you you can't do yourself good by it yeah um but also if it's something that you need to do then you should read the stories there's it's so sad to to see the faces of the children it's so sad uh yeah like that just that sentence i don't think i can actually do it but um but i i think the one thing that I that I that we landed on last week when we talked about this that I will land on again and again is that our failure is that we're letting people fall through the cracks in terms of like social connection. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously we have a huge failure on, on gun policy. That's put that in one bucket but then the other failure is letting people fall through the cracks on social connection and that's all of us right that's something that we we have control over and we have the power to do something as individuals and then the our other failure is if we're not voting and that's again i know that everybody listen who listens to this podcast is voting so what i think is also true is that Everybody who listens to this podcast is voting and also knows people who are um, not voting. So we should be fucking voting um, because so because there's the, the two the two access that I see are gun policy, which is all about voting. And the second one is the social connection, which is all about us being better neighbors and we're not being really good neighbors. We're fucking having our groceries delivered so we don't have to see the inside of a supermarket and the people who work there. We're we're we would rather you know scroll through dumb social media than like actually talk to other people and it is not working for us. It's not working for us. So again, I don't mean to rehash from last week, but if there's any closing thoughts you guys have, I do think it is worth noting that uh, uh, the vestiges of gun policy in the U.S. and part of the reason it's so intractable is because of, you know, that um, frontier mentality where two things were very important. It was a very important that you have armament to protect your property from bears. It was also very important that everybody, as they expanded westward, had to be an extrovert. They had to walk five miles down the road, knock on a door and say, yeah. hello, neighbor. There may be a time that I need your help. We should be friends. Uh, and 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 uh, and now we have a perverse interpretation of both of these where going out and actually treating other people like humans is a chore. And uh, when we have all of these terrible disasters, um, uh, I, 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 I know that voting should matter. But what I what I see less and would like to see more is people holding the people that they voted to account uh, to actually give credible threats of like, hey, I need to see some action or I'm going to kick you out and replace you in the primaries with somebody else. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was, I'm just going to footnote your comment on voting matters. The, the money matters, too, because yeah. um, even though every politician that is obstructing gun control legislation may not be directly in the pocket of the NRA, for example, the NRA has a vast and outsized influence, not just to buy politicians, but to change people's minds on the issue through marketing and, and advertisements. They are actually out there changing minds and and making people think that we need these guns in our 
in our society. The money really matters, and that that's that's something to keep your eye on too. I very much agree with what you said about checking on your neighbors. I think that's the personal answer to what can I do about this. It doesn't feel like you're helping things in Uvalde, but it can um, it can make a real difference in your community to be that frontiersman that checks on your neighbor to make sure they weren't eaten by a bear and they need help harvesting their crops. Yes. And and, and I, I know we're talking metaphor, but like, yeah, that matters. Build the structure right here, right now in your local neighborhood. Go and find out. Like, I am embarrassed to admit that two houses in either direction, I don't know the names of my neighbors and that's on me. And that's something I can do right now today and should be doing. Um, I can, I'm going to just tell you guys, I'm going to waste two minutes of our time by telling you guys a little story that I actually talk about in my um, stand-up show. So some of you who have seen me perform this new hour have seen me talk about it. But when my when I left for college, my parents got a, a set of neighbors. They um, were Jewish. And as everybody knows, I'm Iranian-American Muz. And, um, and so Jews and Iranians have historically been a little weird. And um, so my these Jewish neighbors come over to my parents' house and to introduce themselves and they bring with them a rum cake. Now, was the rum cake delicious? Yeah, it was uh it was moist. Uh, I mean, it was perfectly made. And, you know, was it made from the blood of Christian babies? Probably. Maybe. But I mean, if it tasted extra good, I think you have an answer. Yeah, there you go. But my parents were so moved by this gesture. They end up inviting them over for dinner and then they're like making plans to go out and then they make plans to go on vacation. They become lifelong friends and my mom calls me and she says, Negin, did you know that Jewish family is just like Iranian family? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, lady, every family is like every family. Did you need a rum cake to figure that out? And the answer is she did. She needed the rum cake. And so she did. You guys need to do your rum cakes. And that's. Uh, yeah. And in terms of like, uh, uh, I don't know, just to put a button on, on this terrible, terrible tragedy. Uh, uh, yes, there is something you could do that will be very impactful right now. And it's to bring a rum, rum cake to your uh, uh, new friends. Exactly. Now, okay. That's um, that's my new motto. That's a, that's my button on on this whole thing is regulate the guns, give away the rums. <laughs> there we <laughs> there go. It there it is. All right, let us move into um, official topic number one. Uh, John Fetterman has won the Democratic primary in the Pennsylvania Senate race, and in he, he, this actually happened last week, but he's a bit of a media darling. What is so hot about John Fetterman? Uh, well, if, if not only has he been, uh, I, uh, my friend Justin Robert Young, who does the Politics, Politics, Politics podcast, I asked him that exact question, and he said he smells like, uh, he acts the way a Lucy menthol cigarette smells. He's just <laughs> amazing. Uh, uh, now, uh, now that he's won the primary, uh, uh, forgive me, I just want to make sure I have the details. He's the one that had the, uh, uh, the stroke, right? The stroke, yeah. Oddly, like a few days before the primary, he also had a stroke. Uh, and I mean, apparently he's fine. He's also, yeah, what could he's be making the... him stressed out? What could have, what could have caused oh, it? Oh, I know. Is it, is it stressful, this thing that he's doing? Um, he's also a lieutenant governor currently. He was also mayor of Braddock. Um, and he was running against Connor Lamb, you know, who's also been in the national spotlight because he was, you know, in, um, in a heavily contested district for a minute there and uh and we we just show we just 
were shining the national spotlight on this one race. I can't remember. It was like a special election or something after the Trump, after Trump won or something. And um, yeah, he, he, and he handily won. Um, he also, you know, he's, he's tatted up. He likes to wear, you know, um, he'll wear baggy gym shorts to. Uh, what? Yes. <laughs> The nerve of this guy. And there's another big thing is the legalization of marijuana. Um, he He's really into that. He talks about it a lot. And he also, you know, he has a rainbow flag, um, you know, at his at the at the lieutenant governor's office. So he's he's like, he's very progressive on some measures. On other measures, you know, he's just a regular kind of centrist Democrat. Uh, he's also really good at social media, which I think is something that not all of them are good at. So that, I think, adds a little something. He does not support a Ban on fracking. I'll tell you what, that's a little not progressive po- policy position. Uh, but he's from Pennsylvania and they do fracking there. And I think he probably understands the economics of it in a way. Um, Wait, and can- uh, uh, on top of that, as I understand it, uh, fracking, if you're going to step out of line with the environmentalism uh, uh, dogma, or, or uh, dogma makes it sound bad, uh, uh, the strict party line, uh, fracking is a pretty good one because there's lots of reasons to be vaguely afraid, but very few specific reasons. For example, um, uh, one thing we know for sure about fracking is that uh, uh, the fuel that you create has far, far less carbon than, let's say, the light, sweet crude that is being brought in by the oligarchy from the Middle East. Uh, so so the, you could make a moral case for, for fracking uh, and also keep your bona fides uh, as as a, and as a, a, a blue state, yeah, right, yeah, no, and I, I've I've heard, I, yeah, I've, I think you're absolutely right. I've heard that kind of thing before. Um, well, let's shift a little bit to Georgia. Uh, it looks like uh, well, Stacey Abrams was running unopposed in the primary for her, for governorship. Uh, it looks like all of Trump's endorsed nominees lost in Georgia. Uh, so you know it was produced versus Kemp. Kemp wins that. He, the attorney general race, um, also went to um, and not the Trump endorsed nominee. Uh, the state um, secretary of state race uh, went to the guy that stood up to Trump during the Georgia recount. Oh my gosh! What a I mean, tell me it was at least close, right? I mean, it, I think that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sad that Trump's um, influence in Georgia may be waning? <laughs> no. no, I just love it. I just love it when when a, when a bully gets uh, 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 curb stomped. It's it's amazing. <laughs> well, I think I, I think you know, you don't want to fall into the trap of you know speaking personally uh, as someone who's not a fan of Donald Trump and probably speaking to a lot of your audience in that way. You don't want to fall into the trap of being like great. Trump's done. We're done. Yeah, no, no, no. Because his not national done. influence is uh, like it almost hasn't been greater. He's uh, he's still out there doing his thing, and because he's not currently president, his rallies aren't being covered as much. But he did, I don't know, hundreds of events. His influence is enormous, and it's working. He, his candidates are winning in other states. So the thing that's most interesting about Georgia is why didn't it work here, and why didn't it work in a big way? My pet theory is that there may be some sort of Georgia patriotism at play where people are kind of like, why did he give our state such a hard time for not delivering him this fraud. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back he doesn't get to tell he, us. He's trying to twist arms over here in, in a corrupt way. That, that's that's my hope as why there was such a big backlash against his candidates. I mean, his candidates were also dipshits, but 
Um, <laughs> well, also, apparently, there's like a connection between whether or not he was endorsing. So if he endorsed someone that was running against an incumbent, that was ended up not being good for him because people yeah, the, like the power of the incumbency is still real, right? Right. Yeah. So I think there's there's something there. Now let's uh go let's go back quickly to Pennsylvania because I don't know actually the, as of this morning the Doctor Oz McCormick race is still undecided. This is for the GOP Senate primary in Pennsylvania. Yeah, so that's still of which very Dr. Oz relevant is a new since resident. Trump endorsed Oz, right? That what? Sorry. Trump endorsed Oz. So this whole, like, the what is the Trump cachet and what is its value is still very relevant in Pennsylvania. It's hard to imagine that race hasn't been called yet. And it looks like Oz is, is favored. Yeah, they, they do have a law that within a certain percentage, they are required to do a recount, although it does appear that the recount is just going to confirm the original yeah. results. So it most likely will be Dr. Oz, you know, the world's most famous heart surgeon against a guy who... <laughs> Just had a pacemaker installed. So I'll let you guess where I'll be placing my bets on that one. <laughs> but also, it's so weird because I I would be, I mean, he just moved to Pennsylvania, Dr. Oz. You know, like that's also one of those things of like, God, do you think, are you pulling the wool over our eyes? Are you, how long have you really been on the side of Pennsylvania? Which is not to say like, you know, I, I can see a candidate really like doing a great job who is a carpetbagger, but like, you know, he's well, a but, but But at least he's a three hour carpetbagger. It's not that far from New York. you're right though what a great example of like the trump the the trump effect putting trump in a bottle because you can't imagine trump becoming president without the apprentice and dr oz is not here in this position if he hadn't just spent two decades on tv peddling snake oil sure but at least he's in your living room every day so you just buy that he's an also, expert. You just buy what he's selling. I mean, first of all, I think the surgeon thing is big. And the the Oprah affiliation for so many years is huge. And his demeanor, he does he's not out there acting like a fire-breathing crazy person, even though he did talk about a str- your astrological sign being connected to your health, you know, which obviously is not something that we're endorsing here on Faith the Nation. But um <laughs> I mean I, just, I mean that's that's the crazy thing is when you when you have to fill an hour of television every single day and you end up saying everything that you can say about everything, uh on the one hand, yeah, something'll bite you in the butt, but on the other hand, you eventually say something that somebody somewhere likes. And so they're left with this vague impression of like yeah, yeah, he seems right. okay, I guess. Right, and that is my fear in life, that after 306 episodes of podcasting, did I just say, have I said things that are like, you know, your astrological sign um, controls your health? Like, did I accidentally say that because I needed to fill time? You you almost certainly said it at some point sarcastically. And yeah, if yeah, someone yeah, snips yeah. that sound bite out, they'll peg you with out it. Out of context, right, absolutely. <laughs> um, As a guy, I mean, I sincerely hope Fetterman mops the floor with this guy not just because I want the progressive candidate to win uh, as a person who's not 
a resident of the state of Pennsylvania and I want to change our national legislature, but also just the carpet bagginess, man, of it. Boy, it really, really steams. It's gross. Me. Yeah, I think me the, too. Also, you know, also looking like, at the plan it out, like move their years before. You know what I mean? It doesn't. <laughs> I get you don't. You're not tied. You don't have to like live somewhere forever. But just like plan it out. Like show that you're serious about this. I don't know. You're right. He's so rich he could commute daily from Easton, Pennsylvania, and still get to Midtown. <laughs> make a show alright folks um, let me know what you think of these um, primary races that have been happening in the last couple of weeks uh, and we are going to take a quick break to learn about our sponsors and when we come back we're going to talk about other things today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. back and before we get into topic number two i want to talk about races to watch uh 27 states are going to choose a secretary of state this fall it's not secretary of state not a glamorous race um in in most cases in at least 17 of those states one of the republican candidates actively denies that biden won the election secretary of states they control the election so it's it's actually really important 
classification. Do Are you guys, who among the Faith Nation listeners, are you in one of those 27 states that are going to choose the Secretary of State this fall? Do you know who you're voting for? Please email me. I want to know about your Secretary of State election. So that's more like of an ask for you guys to reach out, figure out, do I have to vote for Secretary of State? Who are my options and who am I voting for? And then I'm going to email Nagin. That's all I'm asking for. Uh, Nagin, I can honestly say that I've never been happier that the question was directed towards the listeners and not towards me because I legitimately do not know. (laughs) I know. Exactly. Who does? It's not. It's not a glamorous race. It doesn't get as much attention. It does. It's just not on everybody's radar. So I want to put it on everybody's radar. Um, Okay. And I I, I don't know if Texas is one of those As you have been calling... You've been calling this out as an unglamorous position, and that may be true, but probably it's never been more glamorous than now, the election cycle right after the guy in Georgia that we just talked about, Raffenberger, was a secretary of state making news because he's defending democracy against this corrupt call to buy votes, right? You'll you'll never get more visibility into Secretary of State than now. Yeah. So I'm I'm endorsing your call to your audience to check it out. This is this is the way to make a difference in yes, our democracy. Uh, and I'm endorsing Evan for whatever <laughs> he has to endorse. <laughs> and through the transitive property of endorsements, <laughs> Brian has just voted for Secretary of State in your state. You're welcome. You <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I I have I got a really interesting race to watch from Steve in Denver. Steve says he, that he's a proud resident of Colorado's third congressional district, which is currently represented by, as he says it, pistol packing mama Lauren Bobert. She's being challenged um, in the primary by someone named Don Coram for state senator, who's currently the state senator. He's been term limited out of the job, and um, and Steve has had contact with, with Don Corrin asking him questions. And here's the deal. In Colorado, a registered independent can vote in either primary. So this is, again, from Steve. He wrote, I and everyone I know are encouraging everyone we know to change our registration to independent. The way the third district is drawn, whoever wins the Republican primary is guaranteed to win the general it's definitely a race to watch. Thank you so much, Steve. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, from Durango, which I think is very close to Denver. Uh, this is one of those interesting, I mean, this gaming things out. Are you in a district where you have to game things out, change your party affiliation, do that kind of weird thing? I am into these strategies because, as we know, we are at a structural disadvantage. So Steve is dealing with the structural disadvantage um, as best he can by changing his uh, affiliation to independent so he can vote in all the primaries. So he can at least have a say in who becomes the Republican candidate, even uh, even if he doesn't plan on voting for them in the general. So there you um go. My, my favorite solution is ranked choice vo- voting as fast as we can get it. But short of that, um, uh, uh, open primaries across the board. That's one of the nice things, um, I believe, here in Texas. Uh, uh, because I've never registered with one party or the other, I get to vote for uh, in, in either but not both of the primaries. Um, uh, if, if you can, uh, I'm a big, big fan of uh, being independent. Thank you so much. And by the way, I've as I've touted New York City, we have ranked choice voting here in New York City elections. So it's it's fucking great. All right. <laughs> let us move on to topic number two. 
there is a new social media app and it might be better than the other things that are totally the worst so it's I guess the worst adjacent but it's called a uh, be real and once a day at an unpredictable time be real notifies you that you have two minutes to post a pair of pictures and the only way that you can see what the other people have posted is if you actually post your own and it's just sort of like whatever you're in the middle of doing you just take a photo in that moment so my question for both of you is are you intrigued are you joining what's going on i'm not on? only intrigued uh three weeks in on this i am 100 in on the be wow. real experience okay so you're officially our expert uh on uh, this yeah. to, to <laughs> talk so, about it uh, first of all, I'm not great at posting because when I get asked, maybe I'm uh, still in bed or whatever. Uh, but but there is uh, or so I, I don't know. I've, I've posted half of the times that I've been prompted to. But honestly, it's almost like a mental health app because it causes you to pause, look around your current environs, decide, am I comfortable with what I'm up to right this minute? Do I want to mm-hmm. share it with my friends? Because I have it set to just friends only. Uh, how do I feel about the way I look right now? How do I feel about the job I'm doing? And so, like, because a lot of the times you're at the desk or whatever, I've, I've started to lean in and make the picture be about um, uh, the email that I'm writing, if I feel comfortable sharing it or whatever. Uh, or, or maybe I'll just duck outside and see what the sunshine looks like at that moment of the day or whatever. Or sometimes it pops up in the middle of me gathered with all our friends. And uh, because a few of us are doing the Be Real, we all, you know, it's like a toast. We all pull out our phones and we all say, hey, we're all here doing this thing together. And I love the fact that it's not glamorous, that it does not, uh, uh, it, it's not a platform that'll eventually allow you to sell your own custom perfume or any of that stuff. I I love I love that the introspective ritual that it forces you to do every single day. And even if you don't end up taking a picture, I recommend giving it a try. Wow, I was not what expecting such pitch. an endorsement. <laughs> Evan, what did you I mean, are you you're not on it, are you? Well, Brian is three weeks in okay. on Be Real, yeah. and I, in anticipation of coming on this show, am now one hour in. Oh, as yeah. A Be Real wow, user. wow. Okay. I installed it as part of my segment research, opened up the app. It immediately prompted me to take a picture. And so my close friends, none of whom are on the on app, <laughs> will be treated to a picture of my microphone. And a selfie of me. It takes two pictures at once, the front-facing and back-facing camera, so you get the full view of, of what you're doing. Um, so I, it, it's intriguing. I'm pretty skeptical. And um, I just a couple comments on what Brian said because he gave a really cool overview of the, the app. It is interesting to see that like even within the limited window that the app gives you, there is still some thought about, like, they're trying to have me not curate this, but I am still thinking about curating how I look. What if I ran outside and took a picture of the sun instead of the email that right. I'm actually doing, right? The, the, the real snapshot. I'm, I'm pretty skeptical that it would survive as like the king of social media apps or, the, or that it would rise to do battle with the Instagrams and Facebooks because the main things that people want to share are the key life moments, the graduations and newborns and stuff. And so if you don't get the notification at the time you're wearing your... Uh, or the mortarboard, then you don't get to take the picture. Um, and, and I'll tell you my other thought is how how maybe maybe this is a maybe this is a question to Brian. How gamified 
is it? How how much do you feel like it can hack your attention span? Because that's how the other social media apps win, is the incentive to get back on there and feel like you're missing something out. I, I, I do Duolingo every day because it's telling me I'm going to lose my streak. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, there are no streaks. It doesn't admonish you. And, and in fact, it says, hey, a few hours ago, you were supposed to do your Be Real. Do you just want to post late? That's fine. Uh, and uh, because maybe you don't notice it, I always have my phone silenced, so there's a lot of stuff that I miss. I love that it's not gamified. I love that you don't get any fake uh, self-worth points for having lots of followers. I only share with my friends, uh, and I, I really do adore the introspective moment of like, how do I feel about what I'm doing right now? It's the difference between, imagine you're about to have a baby, right? You're you're in the middle of pushing uh, in Instagram, not in a million years would you take a photo no, while, no. You're, while you're in the middle of a contraction. <laughs> well, I mean, real, are you doing it on You would real? do it. Are there photos of people who have just I had... hope so. I hope so. Because think about it. Imagine, <laughs> baby, deep breath, like, deep breath, baby. Now just be real. <laughs> I mean, be real. Screaming, sweating, pushing. Like, this is being real. <laughs> um, I, I mean, right. Like, okay. So here's my other question for you. Three weeks in. But you, so Evan, because you don't have any friends... <laughs> Because uh, you don't well, have any I mean, friends. that's universally true. But, you, but beyond that. You didn't that, get to see any other photos, right? When uh, you... Oh, correct. No, no, no. I, there, there's maybe seven or eight people that uh, that I see their photos. And uh, uh, what's great are there are some people who approach it very stoically, where uh, a friend of mine, a co-host for a show I do called Cord Killers, uh, he just, whenever it's uh, uh, be real in time, he be, be's real. And I see the same photo of his same desk set right. up and so, it's be real o'clock. So my question is, of these like six people whose photos that you see once a day, is it just boring? Like, are you just like, I don't give two shits about this, you know, desk lamp? No, I, I do get a little bit of uh, oxytocin, a little bit of a dopamine hit of just mm. knowing like, hey, you're out there doing pretty much the exact thing I would expect you to be doing, you know? Uh, and then other times, like, uh, people will <laughs> uh, people will pop it up and I'll be like, hey, you're clearly illegally taking photos during Doctor Strange. Good on you. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> all of these weird things that you would never see on any other platform. Right. So, I mean, Evan, you now that you, you're into it for one hour, are you going <laughs> to keep at it? I've been changed. I'm a different man. No, uh, it, I mean, it told me something that I knew about myself, which is that I have no friends. But then it gave me a moment. It gave me a moment to take that picture. And then when my picture was posted, it said, you have no friends, so there's nothing to see here. And that gave me a quiet moment to reflect on that. On, on what you're doing with your life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. What um, did I just do? No, I don't understand how it could possibly make money. And the interesting thing is, is that it has a lot of investment. Oddly, it's based out of Paris, which I thought was interesting. Um, but there, there's a lot of like Series A, B, all the series monies coming into this um, app. But I don't understand how it could make money. How would this uh, make money? In in general, I find that people are usually very willing to pay money to find out more about themselves. So it could be whether it's uh, uh, geographically based uh, or or background based or uh, using uh, micro expressions to figure out what's your happy, sad day schedule. Uh, oh, all right. of that so stuff. So it's just it's like all, marketing all... data that could get make money. 
Uh, yeah, but what if what if you bought it instead of it being sold against your will? I mean, that would be oh, cool. Oh, like if – oh, I see what you're saying. Like I would pay for the app because I could get that data about myself. Yeah, so let's say, let's say you do it every day for a year and then it says, uh, hey, would you like to know who you are? Uh, buy, this, buy this printed book for $50 right. or this chart right. or whatever. I don't know. I mean I, in, I, this, in the same way that I have paid for like a tarot card reading – I can see mm. I can see how someone would pay for yeah. it. It's profiling you. It's an emotional Fitbit. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's, yeah it's, it that's is. Right. It's a, I, in that same way that every time I talk to a therapist, I figure out that his job is just to sit there and make me keep talking. Uh, then, then maybe maybe that's what this app could do. <laughs> Said the man at a professional microphone. <laughs> Wait, it really is. It's a podcast for one person. Yeah, going to therapy when you're a podcaster is weird. <laughs> well, here's my question: Whatever happened to Clubhouse? Uh, oh, uh, got killed by Twitter Spaces yeah. immediately. A- immediately ate its lunch. And I don't see how that if if this proves successful in any way, the Instagrams and Twitters that we'll are, have just, established we'll engineering it. teams could just eat it. it. This could be a sub feature of Instagram Stories that you get a notification every day and it goes to your story or a different little row that's not Stories, but it's re- now it's B Reels or whether they'll just eat it. Right, and so Clubhouse was purchased, or it was just no, no, the no. idea was stolen. Yes, once Twitter Spaces debuted and had exactly used, the okay. same had exactly the same feature set, but with all the built-in followings that you already had, uh, then the attraction to accept the invite to Clubhouse really waned. Yeah, because I remember there was a minute during the pandemic where, like, that's all people could talk about was Clubhouse, and I kept meaning to, like, you know, figure it out or whatever, and I'm very glad I didn't because here we are. And uh, there's buzz around the new brand, brand name. Like you just heard Clubhouse, it's new. I'm going to check it out, and then maybe I discard it. The same as you might do with Be Real. Maybe Be Real will stick. If it does, they'll figure out how to make money from it. And don't underestimate the ability of these venture capitalists to get people on Be Real to talk about their own custom perfumes. I know. <laughs> I cause, because the other It'll thing happen. is too is can you be public? Like can you amass followers the way you do on Twitter or whatever? Uh, you can, uh, uh, basically, and it keeps it really simple. It says, do you want friends only or do you want public? And so I'm like, friends only. And uh, so I see. Uh, I see. So there is the, the danger of it just becoming uh, like awful the way everything else is. Although I'll, I will say the deck is stacked to make it difficult to play the glamour game on Be right. Real. Or if you can pull off being glamorous with a two minute warning, uh, maybe you actually are glamorous. In which case, that's probably somebody worth following. <laughs> right, right. The like, I woke up like like this set of yeah, people. Or, or I am still currently asleep like this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Well, when you said that like some of them you were just still in bed, I'm like, what? Some of these, are these things coming in at like seven o'clock in the morning? You know what I mean? Like that's. Uh, uh, yeah. Or, or, or I think one of them came in after I went to bed and I was just like, get bent. No way. And then uh, other times you're, you know, in the bathroom and it's like, excuse me, I'm doing Wordle right now. Uh, and then, <laughs> but yeah. I, I also love that I uh, wanted us to talk about this. By the way, uh, shout out to our wonderful producer, Danielle, who um, brought this to my attention. Uh, and I really wanted to talk about this. But I love that I did not download it. And I know just enough 
to barely have a conversation about it. So you guys actually have done some work. But um, okay, folks. And folks, that is the end of the show. I loved this panel. My God, you were so fun. Thank you. It's mutual. Oh, you guys. I love all y'all. Um, I am actually going to be on Evan Gregory's podcast, Punch Up the Jam. I was in the last season with a really wonderful Bjork song. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. So you should look for that episode because they did. Nagin tried to bring in a stumper. You don't. Nagin did not waltz in (laughs) with with some track from the Eagles. She brought in a Bjork track, just trying to abuse my trust, trying to stump us, beat us at our own game, and I have to say we successfully punched it up. But this time, uh, I think Nagin, at the time that this episode airs, Nagin will be in the following week of, of our show. Oh, um, and, and we have such a fantastic song in that episode. It's so great. So uh, definitely, definitely subscribe. And what else? Where, do, where can they find you, Evan? How do they search for you? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Get Some Evan and uh, on Instagram, where you're mostly going to get dad pics. But uh, for the show, we talk about uh, music and uh, just really joke around. Uh, that's at Punch Up the Jam. And Brian Brushwood, I'm so excited that I learned about your podcast because I love the, like, I love a good con story so please tell the people where to find you and what what they should be subscribing to and it's not all that you do you do you're a bird of many many feathers yeah if you want to find out everything i'm up to probably twitter is the best place to start my name is brian brushwood there is no c in schwood just write s-h-w-o-o-d and you will get the hottest weimar honor pictures I have to offer <laughs> nothing but my dog joyful 24 seven. But if you want to hear me talk, uh, just type in world's greatest con, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, man, am I proud of it? I, I think you guys are going to like it a lot. I, I, I'm so excited for this podcast. Definitely immediately subscribe and folks, you know where to find me and all the stuff that I do. Um, I'm going to be in Denver and Salt Lake on the 24th and 25th of June with the wait, wait, don't tell me stand up tour. And I will, uh, also be announcing, um, uh, Oh, a couple of dates in Portland and Seattle for a different tour. So, uh, hold on to your pants for all of that stuff and you know where to uh, where else to find me what I would really love is to thank all the people that make this show a reality that is our wonderful amazing producer Danielle and we have uh, Danielle Jones Wesley we have but one more week left with Danielle because she is moving on to basically control all of entertainment it is my I, I mean it's not specifically her next job but like I think it'll be the job after this one because she's so amazing and she She's going to do such uh, wonderful things. And we just, I'm just so glad I got to be a little tiny part of her life uh, with Fake the Nation. We're so, so lucky uh, to have had her and we get to have her for one more week. And um, so our wonderful producer, Danielle Jones-Wesley, thank you for everything that you do. Our wonderful sound engineer, Stephanie Aguilar, who I got to meet for the first time in Irvine a couple weeks ago, who is just as scintillating and delightful in person as she is on Zoom. Our theme music was written by the amazing Gabi Alter. 
And I want to thank Wayne Cohen um, at Stand Up Sound for hosting us today in his studio. As always, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. You can email us at fakethenation at headgum.com. And please do uh, send us your races to watch. I'm, I'm all ears. You can join the Patreon for bonus content and so much more at patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad. I actually posted a really particular etiquette question this week uh, that got a lot of you going. Um, so, so join the Patreon at patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad and you can find out more um, about the fun bonus content we get. You can support the show for as little as $1 and for as little as $4 you start getting bonus stuff. And we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.